Hello guys, welcome to this podcast Everyday Talkies which ironically does not come out daily. I am Anshul and I talk about random things to random people, majorly about life, perspectives and thinking process. It's like an interview or let's say more of a conversation with one or two guests about random topics that interest us. To be really honest, it's just a way to reduce my inhibitions in talking to people. So, come join me and enjoy. Hello guys, welcome to the new episode of Everyday Talkies. I'm back here again with Vivek as the co-host and Chirag as the guest for the podcast. This is in continuation with the last episode. This episode we'll be discussing more into cryptocurrency and its future and its financial implications in the modern day world. So let's not waste any time and we'll quickly recap, I think, the last few seconds of the last episode and then we'll jump into learning something new from Chirag today. Satoshi Nakamoto, along with uh, a few members of the Cypherpunk Society, they developed Bitcoin from 2008 to 2009. And in 2009, the first transaction with Bitcoin was, was generated. And this was a very revolutionary moment, according to me, because for the first time, a transaction happened without any intermediary in between, using cryptography as its security mechanism and using proof of work as its economic incentive mechanism. So I've used a few terminologies here. So I think I need to explain a bit deeper. And for that, I think we need to understand how Bitcoin works. I think we can start with this. So Bitcoins are usually stored in a wallet. So like we have PayPal, we have Paytm in India. Bitcoins also have a wallet. So to kind of help the layman use cryptocurrencies, these people who have written the code, they have also created wallets to store the cryptocurrency. So there are these wallets similar to PayPal and similar to Paytm where we can see the balance. We can add the address to where we want to send. Like I can use your phone number to send you money. Similarly, I can use a Bitcoin address to send you money. Okay, so we have a wallet and there is an address associated with every wallet. So you will have an address, I will have an address and everyone who has Bitcoin will have a particular address associated with that Bitcoin. And this address is known as a public key, which can be shared with anyone and everyone over the internet. So a public key can be seen as an account number. You can relate a public key as an account number and the security of this public key is the private key, which you actually have to store. And because it is a decentralized ecosystem, it is your responsibility to store the password because there is no customer care. You can call and say, okay, I forgot my password. Can you please regenerate the password? So once a password is generated, through the password, the public key is generated. That, that is why the public key becomes this important. That if you lose control of the private key, you no longer have access to the public key. A, a private key is like your password. A public key is, is like your account number. And the account number is generated from the private key. Okay, so that is why the private key becomes this important. And you need to store it. It becomes your responsibility because with more power comes more responsibility. That is what Spider-Man taught me. So that's what I'm going to stick with. It's your responsibility to store your password because now you are your own bank. There is no intermediary, right? So you have to be very careful with this. And this is one of the major reasons why people lose their cryptocurrency because they lose their private key and they no longer have access to their public key. So, okay, I I know it is a bit confusing to understand these terminologies. So let's take a step back. Let's start with the base technology. Let's start with blockchain. Fundamentally, a blockchain is just another database structure. We are not talking about a decentralized blockchain. Okay, there's a difference here. There's a centralized blockchain, there's a decentralized blockchain. Right now, I'm talking about a centralized blockchain. We have not gotten into decentralized blockchain yet. 
A blockchain is fundamentally just a database structure. It can be visualized like a chain of like we have blocks and they are linked with each other through cryptography that okay if you imagine five blocks and they are linked with each other with for example chains block number 2 is linked to block number 1 block number 3 is linked to block number 2 block number 4 is linked to block number 3 this way if you change the contents of block number 2 the link with block number 3 breaks okay so this is how cryptography uh, maintains immutability like a blockchain has one of the biggest advantages in the sense that it is immutable once data is inside a blockchain it cannot be removed because if you remove data from the blockchain the structure of that block changes and the next block is no longer able to link with the previous block right so that is how the structure is created so that you are not able to change anything inside the blocks so this is what a basic blockchain is it's just a database structure okay so what is a decentralized blockchain then for decentralized blockchain we need to understand that decentralized means no individual or authority owns or controls it right so a decentralized blockchain is a global ledger which means that anyone can view and verify anything written inside that so any person living in any part of the world can see what is inside of decentralized blockchain and because it is immutable everyone can see it and no one can remove it so that is what you have to keep in mind and we use this structure a global blockchain to create consensus among the network participants where consensus is basically agreement with different people all across the globe that they agree that this is the current state of the blockchain and this is the truth that we all agree to so this is a decentralized blockchain which is a global ledger so now we have the ammunition to get into bitcoin what is bitcoin chirag i have a question before we uh, do that you said that like anyone in the world can you know see what is inside that ledger and they can uh, see what is happening so don't you think that it violates the privacy because if i am sending money to someone i don't want it to be broadcasted to the world that who is receiving the money and whom i am sending it to because you are saying that it is a global ledger and every data in it is public a very important point what you raised is that what about the privacy like if everyone can see it right so okay initially we discussed about the public key and a private key right the public yeah. key is like your account number and the private key is your password to that account number that yeah. account number is not linked with your name so that account number that you have is just a string of digits and characters which is like which you can send to people and which is used as a balancing ledger we can use that account number but that account number is not linked with your name that okay this account number has this much bitcoin and is linked to vivek agarwal that it is pseudonymous in nature it is not anonymous anonymity will ensure that okay anyone no one can see the transactions that is happening right but pseudonymous means that people can still see the transactions but they cannot see who initiated the transactions in a way uh, this is a way of kind of protecting the name the security and the identity of the individuals creating all these transactions in bitcoin yeah satoshi nakamoto knew that like this is the foundation of bitcoin so that is why he kept his identity hidden as well yes yes and and it's not just the foundation of bitcoin i think it's the foundation of free speech in the sense that to be uh, able to express your thoughts freely you have to kind, you kind of need a bit of anonymity because if people know who you are people can exploit your identity people can exploit and target you personally it is very important to understand the basics of money to understand why bitcoin is important people usually look at bitcoin as a as a get quick rich scheme but that's not the importance of it that's not why it is interesting there are a lot of ways you can get rich but there's only bitcoin or very few things like bitcoin which actually gives you a level of freedom which it is able to provide and that is why it is important to understand its basis and why it is created and what it actually provides 
like I said, Bitcoin usually people see as a token, right? It's like a, something you can transfer from one one person to the other. But that's not Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a combination of three things. It's a combination of a protocol, it's a token, and it's a public ledger. So Bitcoin is digital, which means it is written in a code, and that code is decentralized, and everyone in the world can see the code. So Satoshi Nakamoto, along with a few cryptographers, they wrote the basic code of of Bitcoin, right? The basic program. Everyone in the world can see that. So no one can change it because someone goes and changes it. People can identify it and they cannot accept what this new change is. So everyone can see. Okay, this is the code of Bitcoin. So Bitcoin is a protocol. It is a token, which is a native currency used to reward miners to help keep the network safe. I'll explain who who the miners are. But in a very basic understanding, is that these are the people all across the globe who contribute to keep the network safe. So Bitcoin, one of the most important use cases of a Bitcoin, is to incentivize these people to keep the network secure. And then there is a public ledger, which is the blockchain where all the transactions are stored. So Bitcoin is a combination of all of these three things. We need all these three components for Bitcoin to work. I would link Bitcoin with money. because okay it's a medium of exchange it can be transferred from anywhere anyone to anyone globally 24/7 it is divisible one bitcoin can be subdivided into a 100 million portion and that 100 millionth portion is known as one satoshi so it's not necessary that you own one bitcoin you can own portions of it and one millionth portion also so that's called one satoshi that's one unit of a bitcoin it is durable in the sense that it is a digital token stored in an immutable ledger it is fungible no matter where you are in the world one bitcoin will be able to buy value worth of one bitcoin for anyone anywhere in the world it is portable it can be transferred from anyone to anywhere in a very short period of time actually so it is portable and you don't need any intermediaries in, in between yeah um, when you said it's fungible here and by that you mean that it has the same buying power all across the world when you say buying power or let's you know let's bring it to more daily terms if i want to buy a pizza and A pizza costs forty dollars. So does that mean that forty dollars worth of Bitcoin needs to be provided to that person? And if that is yes, then doesn't it mean that Bitcoin is deriving its value or buying power from dollar? Okay, so uh, there is a slightly flawed way of looking at this because what we are doing is that okay, I'll give you a simple example. We are saying that okay, Bitcoin costs this much dollars, but that is wrong to say because. do we say that euros cost this much dollars no we say the exchange rate between us and your and europe is this much similarly right. what we need to establish here is that the exchange rate between bitcoin and dollars is whatever so it's just the exchange rate that we're talking about and not that this much dollar means this much bitcoin means this much purchasing power a dollar can lose its purchasing power over time but does gold lose its purchasing power over time no it doesn't similarly because bitcoin is this is what the next the biggest point i was going to come to was that bitcoin is a store of value because no more than 21 million bitcoins can ever be created so yeah. it is hard coded in the system that only 21 million bitcoins can ever exist in an economy so over the years when we see that a dollar purchasing power goes on decreasing or any other fiat currency the purchasing power goes on decreasing over time if the demand of bitcoin increases and the supply remains the same the exchange rate between bitcoin and dollar will keep going up so that is why it is a flawed way of seeing or saying that 
okay one bitcoin cost this much and that will buy me this much uh, uh, pizzas because over time the price of pizza is also going up in dollar terms because dollars in, is inflating initially a pizza was not 40 dollars initially you could get a pizza for example for 5 dollars over for example 10 15 years that 5 dollar became 40 dollars but the pizza is the same so pizza is maintaining its its store of taste <laughs> uh, but it's but it's not losing that over time similarly bitcoin is a store of value for example 0.00001 bitcoin can buy you a pizza it is very much likely that that is the same amount of bitcoin which might be used to buy pizza later on so keeping in mind that dollar does not hyperinflate so that is i think an important concept to keep in mind that bitcoin is a store of value it has a physical cap a dollar or any other uh, fiat currency doesn't have a physical cap so we can only compare bitcoin and and any other currency as a exchange rate and not price bitcoin and say that okay this is the purchasing power I was actually stuck with the idea that in scenario when we have to bail out as you mentioned government has the ability to print more money or create more digital currency and bail out these banks and the main advantage that we have over in cryptocurrencies that there's a limited amount 21 million so does that number have any disadvantage probably in the longer run like as you mentioned that a bitcoin can be divided into one satoshi that's like 100000 right 100 million portions oh 100 million portions right so again theoretically i know that might not be the case in anywhere in the near future but theoretically at some point of time when the world needs more money i'm just trying to ask whether 21 million bitcoins is that sufficient enough to satisfy an entire let's say a intergalactic empire an economic intergalactic empire that that is that is actually a very very good question I am not very sure. I think uh, the amount of global currency today is 140 trillion. I'm not very sure about that. Right now, Bitcoin. There are 21 million bitcoins that can ever exist, right? And I said it can be divided into 100 million portions, which is how much? It is approximately 2,100 trillion units. So that is the units that it can be divided into. Per unit value can vary. So your main question is that what if we need more money, even more than what? currently the system provides because this system currently does provide a huge levy for the economy to grow and it still has a lot of room for it to incorporate that okay still you are talking about an intergalactic society so in that sense we need to go back to the protocol of bitcoin bitcoin is written and it is maintained all across the globe and it is decentralized which means that if 51% of the people across the globe agree that this is bitcoin this is the protocol of bitcoin that is the protocol of bitcoin if everyone who is maintaining the code who's keeping the system secure if at a particular point in time decide that they need more bitcoin in circulation what they can simply do and change the code is that they can just change the code from 100 million to 100 trillion and if 51% of the people who are maintaining the code and who are keeping the system secure if they agree to these changes that will become the new bitcoin this is the power of a decentralized economy in the sense that okay if you want to change it you need the acceptance of 51% of the entire people who are maintaining this it is very difficult to do but it is much better than having a central authority who can just change it willy-nilly here you need to provide good proof convince smart people across the globe and then when they make the changes that becomes the next bitcoin so bitcoin has the ability to grow in immense numbers it just needs the consensus of the people who are maintaining the system satoshi nakamoto might have written bitcoin but it doesn't matter who satoshi nakamoto is anymore or it didn't matter then also because the math checks out and if the people in the system who are maintaining the system if they want to make some changes they can do it they can still do it and that has happened before in bitcoin there have been certain changes which was necessary for the system to grow 
and 51% of the system agreed to those changes actually more than that agreed to those changes and then those changes were incorporated in the system and then that became the next version of bitcoin so bitcoin is constantly under development it's constantly growing it's not the same as it was in 2008 but it has the ability to incorporate all these externalities and change its form kind of mutate and grow into anything that it wants to fit into i just wanted to ask that since you asked if we become an intergalactic species so coming to the immediate future like suppose we become an interplanetary species and we set up a civilization on mars but the time taken for data to transfer between earth and mars will be around 20 minutes uh, that is the average distance between earth and mars so will that be a hindrance in adapting a decentralized financial system like bitcoin for both the planets or there should be an independent financial economy of both the planets this is a very very uh, interesting uh, topic and it has been under discussion for a long time right now there is kind of uh, a consensus converging into using satellites so we have satellites that can broadcast transactions right we don't need the internet only to broadcast any transaction that i want to generate so for example like i said right initially we have a wallet in the wallet i will put your address i will put the amount i want to send you and i will send that wallet will communicate with other wallets and it will transmit the data across the globe and that is how the global ledger is kind of maintained but to do this we need the internet to transmit the transactions but we don't only need the internet we can also do this via satellite we can send the transaction to the satellite and then the satellite can transmit it directly to whoever we want to to various parts of the globe similarly we can broadcast the transaction to a satellite that satellite can broadcast a transaction to an intermediary satellite which can then again transmit the transaction and this relay can then reach another planet and then it can also receive from that planet now your question is that it will take time definitely it will take time and that might create some issues uh, for example the time taken to confirm at a particular transaction so what people are thinking right now is that it is possible that bitcoin will be for earth there will be another musk elon musk coin for mars <laughs> so that is what people are saying that okay the biggest hindrance here is the transmission time between earth and mars if there is improvement in technology for that well and good we can still use bitcoin for that and we can still use there are second layer solutions to that also it loses out in its security but it is still possible i'm not saying it's not possible it is still possible but to maintain the security level we have now we might need to create a different bitcoin which is there for mars so it can exist but that's i think a conversation which we need to focus more on i think a podcast when we are cyber <laughs> yeah for sure no, but one thing i wanted to learn more about this cryptocurrency aspect was that as you keep on mentioning that it's decentralized and it follows the basic principles of what we call the open source environment in software development as well there's nothing proprietary in nature um, everything is open and i think the best and the most safest way is to open it to the public who are verifying it as you said 51% verification is required for any transaction to pass now one thing which i have been hearing in news after the whole cryptocurrency hype was there were multiple cryptocurrencies popping up some were made by companies again centralized in some nature biggest example being facebook with libra coins like what's your opinion on that first of all and how do you think is that different from bitcoin or is it absolutely the same thing because bitcoin protocol is open source like you said anyone can see it which also means anyone can copy it which also means yep. anyone can make changes to it which also means anyone in the world can create a bitcoin an ethereum a monero a dash and other 5000 cryptocurrencies which exist today so because bitcoin is open source it can create multiple people to create their own coins 
with different specs so bitcoin has a particular specs right which means that per transaction on an average takes 10 minutes to confirm there are only 21 million bitcoins in existence okay there is this level of security required people can tweak these aspects and they can create their own coin depending upon their understanding but doesn't that circle back to the entire aspect of having multiple currencies that we have currently in the world like what is the drawback of having multiple cryptocurrencies across the world or advantage people think it as a drawback but here what is happening is that the market is deciding what is useful and when the market decides the price of certain that is the best price we can get for something similarly the market will be the one to decide which cryptocurrency is the best suited for the market right now bitcoin has 67% dominance over the entire ecosystem even when there are 5000 cryptocurrencies in existence so the market is still converging on the fact that bitcoin is the most important and the most secure and the most diverse currency which the market is deciding that okay this is the one that we have converged on what i'm trying to explain here is that bitcoin can be seen as a digital store of value it might not be the currency we use for daily transactions. For daily transactions, we might not use a currency which needs that level of security because for daily transactions, we might need a currency which is fast in completing the transaction. So there are these other currencies which have popped up, which have tweaked its particular uh, specifications by decreasing it, the security, by increasing the transaction time, by decreasing the decentralization, by increasing centralization like Libra. Initially, it started in its white paper, it said it will have a hundred uh, nodes, basically participants who will verify the system. So Libra, what it tried to do is that it created a corporate coin which was not just verified by one individual Facebook, but it, it would be verified by 100 different companies like MasterCard, PayPal, Stripe and all that. So that was a bit of decentralization. Bitcoin is towards the extreme end of the decentralization because anyone anywhere in the world can become a miner and anyone anywhere in the world can become the person to verify these transactions. So there is actually no limit to the number of parties who can become a miner. These are some of the tweaks that these people have made to create their own coin and these coins have kind of formed their own community and they're using it for different purposes. Like some coins can be used for tipping, some coins can be used for in Reddit, in Facebook. In the future, what I envision is that there will be a multi-currency system where Bitcoin will be the most highest security military grade store of value. But when you want to make small transactions, like your grocery store will have their own cryptocurrency, which if you use, you'll get a certain discount. Your uh, restaurants will use their own cryptocurrency, which if you use, you'll get certain discounts. The airlines will use their own cryptocurrency. So it will depend upon what you want to spend your money in. An environment will be created where you can easily swap between different coins. That's actually a nice future to envision. Though we have been talking for quite some time. So I would like to take closing thoughts from both of you. Chirak, so why don't you conclude this and tell us some closing thoughts about Bitcoin and anything that we might have missed. Okay, so what I want you guys to take away from this is that Bitcoin is not just a blockchain. Okay, so usually people say we are not interested in cryptocurrencies. We are interested in the blockchain. It's like saying we are not interested in the car engine. We are interested in the wheels. They're the basic building blocks of a car. But without the engine, the car is nothing. So the engine yep. for a Bitcoin is a blockchain or decentralized blockchain. It is the consensus algorithm. So basically an algorithm, an economic model used all across the globe which people use to create consensus on the exact value of the ledger that is being maintained. Bitcoin is also the native token which is used to incentivize these people to maintain that in an ethical manner. 
and bitcoin is also an open source development project which is constantly under development and improvement so when you combine all these aspects together that is when we create a truly trustless and a decentralized ecosystem that can then be used as a model for storing money and i use money intentionally because currency is what we use right now and we need to understand the difference absolutely well said well said i think there has been this negative aura behind the whole aspect of bitcoins because it rose too sharply and then dropped too sharply so people thought it was a bubble market and all of that and people didn't realize the importance of the technology as you mentioned blockchain as a whole which is currently in development for so many areas which i'm pretty sure in the upcoming decades we will be seeing this technology on a daily basis so hoping for that future vivek why don't uh, you give any parting thought no i think uh, you know some of the chain of thoughts which we have when we uh, start thinking about cryptocurrency and blockchain or uh, bitcoin in general those uh, train of thoughts get lost and we get derailed and we are like all puzzled and confused on what is happening but uh, like the way chirag explained everything to uh, today it was extremely lucid and you get a sense of an idea of what is the benefit and the use because of which it is gaining popularity and it is rising the ranks slowly i think in the future even if bitcoin or ethereum doesn't pick up cryptocurrency would be the way for us to move ahead because the foundation for the changes are built over decades or sometimes years but the changes happens in a moment so that might happen anytime in the future we just need to be ready and prepared before that so that we can help people when the change comes we're not that well informed and grow the financial literacy in the economy and the society at large absolutely well said i think the last portion to increase financial literacy among everyone in the world i think that is something we all aim for especially we see that in indian families where we don't discuss money and the financial aspects of it i think that is something which is lacking and i think hopefully this episode gives everyone some idea about cryptocurrency and some idea about money i'll surely link both vivek and chirag's id in my description so that you can directly reach out to them for any further queries but thank you so much chirag for gracing us with your presence today has been awesome especially for me the way you speak the way you have made me understand with such analogies they have been absolutely amazing so thank you so much again for coming here no definitely this was an amazing experience for me because one of my main motives in life is to dissipate financial literacy like you guys are talking about and i think this is the future of finance and we need to understand it to the core and it's a rabbit hole when you get into it there is so much to know it becomes very complicated to understand in a half hour one hour podcast or any discussion but we need to keep in mind that the genie is out of the box there exists a currency which is not controlled by the government and once something like this exists once democracy existed there was nothing better than that because that was the most decentralized form of governance similarly when a decentralized currency exists there is nothing better than that so we need to keep in mind that this is the future no matter how much you want to fight it and it's better we educate ourselves more and more and understand it more and more so that we are prepared and we need to understand that this is for the benefit of the humanity because you need to store your energy and your energy cannot be just taken away by someone else's malpractices so true thank you so much for being here and thank you for my co-host vivek thank you for helping me out with all of this hopefully we'll continue to be host for future episodes looking forward to that it's always a new learning experience and i'm looking oh, yeah. forward to listening to your future podcast because it's really very interesting to me listening to you guys talk all the best to you guys thank you so much thank you so much chalo with this we'll close out this episode thank you everyone and we'll come back again with a new episode bye bye
thank you to all the listeners i'll catch up with you again soon with someone new and lots of interesting discussions so bye